this feeling. It's a weird feeling. The cabin starts to shake, right? And, and the, the left side blows up and then the whole plane just explodes. Hello and welcome to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And we're, we're starting things fresh. We're starting a new marathon, people. You asked for it and we're here to deliver. It is what, Brennan? Final Destination. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, that's what it is. Honestly, um, I just got off an eight-hour shift, so I'm happy you're taking the lead on this one because I didn't have to think about anything. It was great. Well, you're welcome. I know how much you hate thinking. So I'm here <laughs> to supplant every possible thought. What was your score? It was five. You loved it. It was so scary. Brennan, tell us why it was scary. Um, how about first we do 10 word reviews of movies we watched in the last week? Okay. Um, I guess I'll start us off there too. Um, and because I'm just so jam-packed, these are more than 10 words. Um, so us. <laughs> okay, sure. We saw this, what, in like March? Well, it's the first three days of April, so yeah. It felt like forever ago. I mean, it was um, while we were in Cincinnati. All right, so Us, a suspenseful film that requires one to suspend belief, and I love it. Okay, and my review is, a bit messy in retrospect, but Lupita Nyong'o slays hard. She sure does that. Alita Battle Angel, fuck Gabriel, Uriel, and Chris. Alita is the only angel I need in my life. Are those just letterbox people? No, there's, you know, the Archangel Gabriel, Uriel Angel, and there's Chris Angel of that one famous show. Mind Freak. There you go. Oh, okay. I did not get that. So I'm glad I I could be the audience surrogate so you could explain the joke. I mean, who? I'm sure our audience is like diehard Chris Angel fans. I'm sure they are. We we share demographic in that Venn diagram. It's just us and Chris Angel, one big circle. Yep. Um, My review of Alita Battle Angel is... Honestly, a blast. Some dumb, stupid, very silly fun. That movie was so much fun, and I just wanted to get a sequel. Um, I hope China gives it a sequel, because America is not. China, lead the way. All right, so a haunting on Fraternity Row. There was a hot shirtless guy, and... I'm End of kidding. review. No, well, yeah, pretty much. So there was a hot shirtless guy, and that's that on that. Oh, okay, yeah, basically. My review is a surprisingly solid Z-grade Netflix offering. The hot dudes help. They really did. That was the only reason I watched. And it was the only reason that I finished the movie. Oh, you finished, all right. That sounds so dirty. Well, yeah, that was the joke that I made. That sounds so inappropriate. I don't want people to get the wrong idea. He finished the movie, don't worry. Okay. As always, we rate the movie on scariness, campiness, effects, and quality out of five. But first, here's the plot of Final Destination. Alex Browning, Devin Sawa, is embarking on a trip to Paris. Alex experiences a premonition. He sees the plane explode moments after leaving the ground. Alex insists that everyone get off the plane, and seven people, including Alex, are forced to disembark. All watch as the plane actually explodes in a fireball. This is a very detailed plot summary of the first couple scenes. That's all you need to know. Um, He and the other survivors have briefly cheated death, but will not be able to evade their fate for very long. One by one, these fugitives from fate fall victim to the Grim Reaper. Dun, dun, dun. This movie is a slasher movie that completely removes the killer. The killer is death itself. Mm -hmm. Genius. What were Mm -hmm. you going to say? You just opened your mouth. 
No, I was just like, was there any Grim Reaper? Like, who was cast as the Grim Reaper? Uh, no one. That's interesting, because they have it, like, announced as a character, but I don't remember ever seeing a Grim Reaper. The, we, we are swiftly prancing down a cul-de-sac of a joke with a very... There's a brick wall rushing towards us with this joke. <laughs> um, fine. I was just curious. Is, do you know if the Grim Reaper becomes more of a... That was a lot of, like, bumbling words. Do you know if the Grim Reaper becomes more of a thing in the later... Like, literally a hooded figure with a scythe? Yes. Absolutely not. Okay, well, count me out. I mean, does Tony Todd count as a Grim Reaper? He does in a different series. Candyman? Yes. I was going to make a joke about a different Tony Todd series, but I only think about Candyman. Okay, good. At all times. It's the only movie I've How seen. How many series did the man have? Not really any, as far as I know. Okay, then Okay. Yeah, that was my other problem. Thank you. All right, Brandon, so let's continue. What were you going to say? Uh, Well, something. Were well, you going to rate this movie on... Yeah, let's rate this movie on scariness. <laughs> I'm going to give it four out of five. Okay. Wow. You were scared? I was I was in this movie. No, I you weren't. What? I saw... Oh. <laughs> No, I would have. You can't fool me okay. in my discerning eye. No, five-year-old me was not like literally acting in the movie, but I was just—I was feeling it this time. I mean, look, I love Final Destination. I love pretty much all the Final Destinations, um, so I was very excited and hyped to like get back on this train. But I was just in a space where I was just so receptive to the movie and what it had to offer for me. Um, even in terms of like emotionally. I was tearing up a couple times, like during the funeral sequence where they're paying memorial to all the kids who died in the plane crash. And what? Go ahead. No, just I'm I ha- building up. Like I'm hearing a lot of thoughts, but I'm not hearing a lot of explanation as to why you found it scary. No, the thing is, the Final Destination franchise—they are very. It's another thing where it's very elemental in the scares in the way that you die. It uses a lot of household objects, a lot of, you know, just accidents that you know they're ridiculous but it's that kind of half truth zone where you're like this could happen mm-hmm. or like people do get hit by buses mm-hmm. or people do um you know sleep in the shower they don't get hanged by this weird shower cord that i don't think exists mm-hmm. maybe in canada it does wasn't it like dental floss no it, it was this cord that was like holding a shower curtain oh okay. you think he got hanged by a dental floss Sounds more realistic than like you know a shower curtain. No, I, look, I don't, I don't understand all of this, and it, it you know, um, it it gets very Rube Goldbergy and whatnot, mm-hmm. but it uses things that could cause real harm to you in real life, and not like things that you would never really experience otherwise, like you know, Jason with a machete or whatever. Um, and that's, I don't know, that that is what I think scares people the most about this movie, and mm-hmm. I totally feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the like gore things that scare me the most are things that could happen. Like I always go back to thinking about the fingernail scene in Black Swan, where she kind of rips the fingernail all the mm-hmm. way down, uh, or her hangnail scene. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's what I meant. Um, and just like I don't know, Final Destination is more like big and bombastic than that, mm-hmm. but it, it it feels you fe- you just feel it. Yeah. Um, and that, I mean the the flight. Like the plane exploding, you know, it, it, it's based on common fears. 
of things that are super unlikely but do happen to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, I'm giving this movie a three, which I feel is me being very generous only because that opening scene. Well, that's not an opening scene, really. It's like 30 minutes in. Um, no, but it's not. It's like 10 minutes in. It felt like it was 30 minutes in. Um, <laughs> okay. Was just so effective at scaring me. Like, I don't fly often, and I know that planes are, like, technically the most safest form of travel or whatever, but, like, when you're up in the air and you're at somebody else's uh, uh, handling, what's the word? Um, You're in somebody else's hands, really. Yeah, Um, your life is in their hands. mm -hmm. Like, you have no authority over what happens to you in the sky. Uh You're requiring me to put a lot of faith into people. And I don't have faith in people. Oh, absolutely outside not. Outside of Pete Buttigieg. Pete, get at me. Um, but, you know, like, I feel like I'm going to die in the air. Because the plane is just, it's, it's, we're not birds. We're not <laughs> meant to be in the sky. No, we're not. So, logically to me, like, a plane falling apart in the big firebomb uh, just seems like a natural, or, like the natural order of things. Mm-hmm. And I, but I, I do have to say one thing about the plane the plane scene that bothered me this time that I had never noticed before. Is it, can I guess? Okay, sure. Is it that it's like a big explosion, but the plane is like disintegrating in the like, uh, in the actual scene? The scene where the plane like is falling apart, like it shows it like kind of like a gradual thing. Uh-huh. Like it's delayed, like it takes five minutes, but in the, when they're actually watching it explode, like from the airport, it's like just an explosion. Uh, no. Um, because the plane did explode, so I think they only saw the, that ending part. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the thing that bothers me is how low in the air they were when it all happened. Because mm-hmm. they were still, like, within eyesight of the airfield. Um, they were still in their ascent. They weren't at, you know, 30,000 feet or whatever. Mm-hmm. And people are just getting sucked out of the hole when mm-hmm. there's a hole. Like, like I'm uh, sorry. I confuse myself. Sucked out of the H-U-L-L hole mm-hmm. um, when there's an H-O-L-E in the hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and I just don't think that would happen at that altitude because it's still really low in the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I'm not a physicist. I don't know exactly how it would yeah, work. You're not an aviation scientist. No, but like it just it happens so fast, and I'm like, the plane could have just like landed again, probably. Or I don't know. I it it's much scarier if it was. It would it would have been even scarier if it was higher in the sky. Uh huh. That's true. Um. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't know what to say to that. Uh, just yeah, just what you said was perfect. Uh, it was an affirmation that I just really needed today. So thank you. Okay, you're welcome. So Brennan, um, yes. was there anything else that scared you from this movie? Because to me, the scares were just kind of like crazy, um, and I want to. I don't want to say predictable, but like the shadow was a good clue that something was going to go down. That weird shade. Um, so that kind of did prime me to be like, okay, there's this gear coming and I can kind of see how it's being developed in this scene. And I can uh-huh. see that it's way over the top. Um, uh, like, Ooh, there's water leaking. Is he going to like crack his yeah. head open or something? No, it's going to be this really crazy way that he dies uh-huh. in the bathtub. No, it is very with crazy. shampoo preventing him from getting any kind of traction. Like they put some thought into it. <laughs> no. Yeah, absolutely. No, the, the thing I love about the final destination movies is how much thought they put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is this Rubik's cube of death and it's a beautiful thing. Um, and the, the further movies get more and more, I don't know, complicated and engaging and fun with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but this movie, you know, starts it all. Um, anyway, the one thing that the, the shower death in particular that you're talking about is pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Like you see him trying to avoid being hanged for a mm-hmm. very long time. Yeah. And it is, 
it's just intense mm-hmm. in a way that I it, it's skin crawling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one was intense and very sad because you do see him fighting for his life, uh-huh. and I got the feeling that because the wire was wrapped so tight, it can almost like slash through his neck. Yeah, I don't know if you got that. Um, yeah, it looked it looked just, just so tight. Oh god! Yeah, it. like it was just gonna snap off. Uh, uh, and even though this movie did give us a decapitation, um, poor Sean William Scott. Yes, uh, it wasn't even a decapitation; it was just half his head. Yeah, which is worse. <laughs> it was so funny to watch, though. Um, yeah, uh, that scene was just, as you mentioned, really brutal. Um, but the see, like the kills, they get kind of funnier as we go along. Oh yeah, well, look, um, there there is the you know the thing that I always say, like sla- it's, this is a slasher movie, and slasher movies aren't necessarily scary. Um, they are about like look at this cool fun kill that we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that Final Destination is kind of about household accidents, and especially mm-hmm. the first one, I don't know. Like I said, I was I was just right in there mm-hmm. today. I don't know exactly if it was just the mood that I was in or whatever, but I was feeling it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, one death that did kind of bother me because I was just laughing at it um, was the teacher's death, where uh-huh. it just felt like. Death was having fun with her and just making her feel every kind of pain that she could feel. Oh yeah, you, you said um, her her name is Valerie Luton because everyone's named after a famous horror filmmaker or actor. Mm-hmm. She's named after Val Luton, who directed Cat People. Um, but you said I can't wait for Tom Hooper's Cats. Everybody that's, can wait for that's Cats. My addition to that piece of the conversation, but continue, Brennan. Um, Anyway, so no, you you were you were literally saying, oh, this is Miss Luton's horrible, terrible, no good, very bad day. Yeah, because <laughs> it just gets worse and worse. Her computer explodes, and mm-hmm. a shard gets her in the throat. Yeah, and then um, she gets knocked down by something, probably a fireball of some kind. Uh-huh. And then she reaches to get a towel, yeah, to put out the fire. Uh-huh. Um, but the towel is on her knife rack, so the knife lands in her chest. Uh-huh. And then when Devin Sawa tries to save her, a chair falls over and just smashes the knife further into her heart. Uh-huh. And then there's a fire going on at the exact same time. Yeah, and then her house just explodes. <laughs> and so you just see this poor woman die so tragically on stage. It's really Shakespearean in a way when you think about it. Sure. Yeah, what? People die in Shakespeare in crazy yeah. ways. Olivia just jumped out the window into a river. I Olivia? Are you talking about Desdemona? No, no. no um, uh, The Hamlet, Hamlet's friend, yeah. Ophelia. Ophelia, there we go. Also, I don't think she jumped out a window. She just walked to the river well, like she, Virginia Woolf. She don't. Don't you bring Virginia into this. <laughs> she In the Simpsons version, she jumped out a window. Yeah, the the version that you've seen of Hamlet, I understand now. <laughs> I also saw The Lion King, but nobody jumped out a window there. So would that have been Nala? Probably. Who cares? I'd Brennan. probably like that movie okay. more. Okay, okay, okay. okay. We're, we're, we're on a tangent now. So we're clearly done with cra- kills. Yeah, honestly, now, now that we're talking about the kills, I think we should do something unprecedented and save campiness for a little later and just move directly into effects. Because... Effects it, gets a four for me. Uh, yeah, it, get, it's, it gets a four for me, too. Good. I'm, I'm saving room to grow because these movies are very effects heavy. Uh-huh. Um, and this is definitely the uh, cheapest, not cheapest, but like this is the first movie. So it it's smaller mm-hmm. than what we're going to be getting, which mm-hmm. you haven't seen any of the sequels, so you don't know, but I'm so excited. Okay, we can watch one tonight. 
sure. Um, yeah, the movie was it was crazy. Um, like, well, I mean, the opening sequence, like we've already mentioned that. Um, we mentioned Miss Luton's Miss Luton, yeah, Miss Luton's uh, death sequence. Uh, there's the girl that was hit by the bus. There was really the one of the coolest scenes was at the end where I was like. I know they didn't film in Paris, but I was like, you know what? This could pass for Paris, where that one guy just gets hit in the head or something with the. He gets the smashed sign. by that sign, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Was there so? Would that be your favorite death? Do you have a favorite? I think so, if only because I thought it was Paris. Sure, you're just like ah, uh, to die in Paris. Yeah, <laughs> what a luxury. Yeah, those other people died in what was it? Rural New York. Fake Southeast New York, but actually Canada. Yeah, so I would much rather die in Paris. He at least landed, you know. That's true. He, he got, got a baguette, okay? And he drank a beer, because Paris is famous for its beer scene. Well, they couldn't have him drinking wine. That would just Why be not? gay. That's fine. He was cute. But he wasn't gay, Brennan. This was the 90s. You're right. Gay people didn't exist in the 90s. They didn't exist in film. Well, actually, it was 2000. Will and Grace had already come out. So gays existed. Okay. Oh, anyways, anyway, another tangent. Um, anyway, so my favorite—I uh, don't know. If, do I have a favorite? Do I? Who knows? Um, but the one thing I wanted to bring up was that shower scene death again. Well, just la- one last thing because there's a part where his eyes turn blood red like, yeah. as the capillaries burst inside of his head. It's just—it's crazy. And this was. 2000 so cgi existed and i'm certain they must have used it for to smooth over something somewhere Mm -hmm. but if they used it it is very hard to tell Mm -hmm. like it was very well integrated in with the practical effects Mm -hmm. like this is it's really solid work Mm -hmm. what a movie this is i'm happy you enjoyed it yeah um i don't do i have a favorite death i do like sean william scott getting decapitated out of nowhere he gets the second death in the movie that's a sudden death after someone screams a line about, I'm going to live forever or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you're going to die talking to someone else. You know, it's mm-hmm. death has a sense of irony mm-hmm. in these movies. It's mm-hmm. great. His death was funny, but much like the other death, you kind of saw it coming because they're walking into like a wide shot where clearly something is going to come at them. Yeah, that's true. So you do expect it. No, you expect it. It's definitely... I mean, and, the, and both of those deaths were like ones that weren't, I mean, I guess they were preempted by the shadow or the shade or whatever, but like that had already happened after somebody else had been like avoided it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there are two types of deaths in these movies. Like there are the, there's the Rube Goldbergy crazy ones like Miss Luton got. Mm-hmm. And then there's the sudden shocking ones mm-hmm. and the sudden shocking ones in this one weren't particularly... I don't know. They were crafted. They were foreshadowed a little too too much, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like, look, friggin' the girl who's talking about how she wants to survive and not let this define her or whatever. She's doing saying this while walking backwards into a street, which is movie cinema language for you're gonna get hit by something. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not really shocking, mm-hmm. at least anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I still I still like the sudden ones because they seem cheeky. Yeah, um, that is kind of almost like a pet peeve of mine that people get hit by cars or something. Because, like, unless you have earbuds in your ears, you're going to hear a bus coming at you, especially uh-huh. on this really quiet street where there's not a whole lot of traffic going on. Yeah, maybe she was lost in Devon Sawa's icy blue eyes. 
perhaps. But that just happens too often in movies to like be like, okay, like that's a realistic thing. Uh-huh. No, that's totally fair. Um, but let's move on to campiness. What's your campiness score? Um, four. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I guess because you kind of mentioned that the deaths were a little over, over They the were top, very which, extra. Look, they are. Um, I'm giving this a two out of five for campiness because uh, I'm not, I didn't think about the deaths in that lens, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, was there anything else that kind of contrib- contributed to that? Um, the lead boy, was the lead boy Devin Sawa? Yeah. Oh, he was a bad actor. Oh, that's rude. I'm sorry. Fine. He wasn't a bad actor, but the way he delivered his lines, I was like, okay, I get it. You're afraid of death. <laughs> okay. Um, sure. Um, Okay, <laughs> I I have no way to respond to that. So I'm just going to respond with the fact that um, two characters are named after people who made Nosferatu. Um, one of them is named something something Myrna. What? This just seems like an excuse to show off your movie knowledge. No, I'm getting somewhere. Because the second character I'm talking about was named after the man who played Nosferatu, Max von Schreck. Which gives us the character Agent Schreck. The name that is said the most in this movie. Okay, okay, that's fair. Because Shrek wasn't like the global phenom that he is now, right? Like renowned sex icon Shrek. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, oh, my audio peaked because I was so excited about Shrek. Um, no, I think Shrek came out a couple years after this movie did. Okay, good. So they were like, ooh, no one's going to notice. <laughs> uh, yeah, it actually came out exactly, not exactly a year, but it came out in 2001. Mm-hmm. Somebody was Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So just anytime someone's like, We gotta talk to Agent Shrek. I don't know, I was just imagining Shrek in like a men in black suit hanging out with Will Smith. Donkey. Okay, yeah. Shrek was great. We gotta rewatch that series. Sure, for the podcast. Yep. If we ever restart the Patreon, it'll just be all Shrek all the time. Mm-hmm. There's like fifty movies, isn't there? There's like four and then a bunch of short ones. Okay. And Puss in Boots, the spin off. I loved Puss in Boots. Oh, okay, okay, let's go, let's uh, go. No, I just wanted to see how long that, that pause could be. <laughs> I freaked out. Gold. Sorry, you really did. I'm sorry. I was like, was I not supposed to say that? <laughs> no. No, you're good. Um, okay, what else is going on? Oh, the the teen relationships are a little ridiculous. That's the part where it's a little over the top. Like, um, the the mean guy, was his name Carter? It probably. I don't know. I'm imagining it was Carter, because that's a mean white boy name. Mm-hmm. Um, but he... His girlfriend is the one who gets hit by the bus, and there's a scene where he goes crazy, and he's trying to, like, you know, take charge of his own life and his own death, and he starts driving really recklessly. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, well, it doesn't matter if I die, because me and Terry can get back together on the other side. And I'm like, is your high school girlfriend that important? <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, look. if Look, when you're in high school, you think everything that you're doing is the biggest thing. Remember when there was that teenager just, like, pondering thoughts outside of our door because he was going through something what the one that was like in your way as we were trying to get places oh yeah yeah Um, teenagers they just feel things differently (laughs) yeah no that's true that's true but their relationship didn't seem very solid it seemed borderline abusive like the john travolta relationship in carrie Mm -hmm. with chris harginson never mind um i don't i'm not gonna know nobody knows it's been lost to time um, um another thing that i thought was campy uh-huh. was Allie larder's character yes who's she's basically a witch <laughs> and an aban- like an uh-huh. orphaned witch 
Yeah, she lives in this huge house with no parents. Because mm-hmm. um, she has a bunch of lines about how her like her stepfather and her mother don't care about her. Mm-hmm. But I don't. Is she emancipated? Does she live in? Does she live alone in this giant house where she just makes sculptures all day? Hell if I know. Um, but she's supposed to be this weird like outcast character. She's basically playing Ali Sheedy from The Breakfast Club, but she's you know Ali Larder and she's super hot and has her uh-huh. midriff showing and it's it's very strange. Uh-huh. She reminded me more not of Ellie Sheedy, but of um, that one girl in the craft. Uh, the Nev Campbell one. The, the friend one. The friend to Nev Campbell. She has lots of friends. The like the, the new main one. the new girl in town. Yeah. Okay. Not the new girl, the main one. Oh, Faruza Balk. Yeah, there you go. The evil one. Yes, the evil one. Okay. The main one. She's not the main one. The main one is the new one, whose dad is. Uh, uh, the guy from Shock Treatment. Well, it wasn't Nev Campbell like you originally said. I don't know why you kept suggesting Nev Campbell. Nev Campbell always plays an outcast who has feelings. <laughs> well, she was Ellie Lauder was that character. Okay. Anyway, so other things that happen. Um, no, because Ellie Larder, she and Devin Sawa have that kind of like half-assed romantic arc that a lot of leads in like oh, yeah. horror or thriller movies have. But at some point, about three quarters of the way through the movie, she suddenly decides she's going to call him baby. <laughs> She's like, it's okay, baby. It's okay. And like, you have had, like, your relationship has not progressed beyond being friends. Recently, like, up to this point, he hadn't talked to you for a week because he didn't believe him that he was going to try to save people from death's plan or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know why all of a sudden she's just straight up calling him that. Honestly, though, like, if you felt like you were going to die, wouldn't you try and, uh, you know, just get something going before you go? With Devin Sawa? Just anybody, really. Yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, you're dying soon. Why not make the most of it? You're right. Let's make the most of the night like we're going to die young. Kesha, a poet. Yeah, I was thinking that was more from like the Pearl Harbor movie we saw. But that no, l- no one cares about Pearl Harbor. There are several people who do. And I, I mean, did not, not the say historical event. I'm saying the movie. Okay. That's the movie fine. is quite bad. That's fine, Ben. We're moving on to quality now. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Um, five out of five. I love this movie. Okay. Is, or did you really? Yeah. It's five out of five? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I've been dating you for six years and never have you talked about this movie. I've showed it to you before. Once. Yeah. I, look. I've seen Scream multiple times. I've seen A Nightmare on Elm Street multiple times. Uh-huh. I've seen The Exorcist multiple times with you. Uh, no, you have not. I finally haven't. I was hoping you. I could sneak that past you. Yeah, that uh, last one's a lie. <laughs> um... But you get my drift. Like we've seen certain, th- we've seen Sex in the City multiple times. I, that is that has never been my idea. <laughs> um, but never have we seen uh, uh, this thing. What we just saw, Final Destination, more than once. This is literally our second viewing of Final Destination. We saw it for the podcast. You never said like, you know what? I really love Final Destination. Let's Look, watch them. I okay. I'm sorry. Look, I I was considering giving it a four. Um, but I was just, like I said, I was really feeling it this time. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love these movies. I think they're so fun. I, I like how playful they are. Like, um, if you rewatch this movie, as I have, um, the opening credits, um, every like shot that you see in the opening credits foreshadows a death that's like goes on later in the movie. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot of like intricate little Edgar Wright-esque details that these movies do tend to have that... Like foreshadowing and whatever the opposite of that is, backshadowing, like lots of references to previous events. Mm-hmm. Um, like the fact that the number like 180, like flight 180 is kind of following him around mm-hmm. um, and that kind of stuff. 
I just have so much fun with. I really, really like this movie. Um, I will say two things that aren't I don't love. Okay. I, I don't think the side characters are particularly fleshed out, nor is um, Devin Sawa or Ali Larder necessarily. Look, none of the characters are super fleshed out. Um, and also, there is the kind of... Look, this movie has the horror movie ending where it's like, oh, the killer's not really dead, or like, you know, death's plan is still in action and going to come after you. And I find that to be incredibly nihilistic and sad Mm -hmm. Um, and that there's like not really any escaping this, but I just, I just, I love this movie. I'm really proud that you do. I will preface my, uh, my score by saying I don't have quite the same attachment to it. No, don't worry. I enjoyed myself while watching this movie. I thought it was plenty dumb. Um, so I gave it a three because that's, okay. cause I do think it has rewatchability. Um, I do think the kills maybe aside from that opening scene, um, translated into campy very well for me. Yeah. And, and, and that's what most slasher movie kills are. Mm-hmm. They're camp. They're not mm-hmm. really supposed to frighten you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the first half of the movie, I could make the argument that it's really strong with like suspense and terror and you know, uh-huh. frightening, especially with that shower scene that we talked at length about. Um, but I don't think that the second half of the movie really holds up. It gets comical. It gets almost like slapsticky. Um, but see, I like that too. Mm-hmm. To me, um, it's just almost like two different movies. Okay, so if something was... It devolves. If the second half was like the tone of the entire movie, you'd be more okay with it. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's good But know. that's just me. No, that's totally fine. Um, I, 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 it's, I, it's uneven, and I feel like if I loved it differently... Like, because Sex in the City is uneven, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, but it, because I love that movie... I'm willing to forgive uh-huh. the fact that we just ignore Magda for the entire second half of that movie. Yeah, and the entire second movie, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, they get a new nanny. Oh, that was a different person. Never mind. Yeah, that's Charlotte. Yeah. Anyways, back to this movie. Um, unevenness can be forgot- forgiven if you love it. I don't. That's why it's as low as it is. No, that's totally fair. Because, look, I would have... I, I went into this movie fully anticipating a four, and... Like on Letterboxd, I gave this like a nine out of ten. So I'm not I'm not at like ten out of ten. This is a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like this is a movie that I really loved. This revisit, and I have a lot of fun with. So I just thought, you know, I was like, why not? Why not be generous? Okay. See, because when I heard five out of five, I assumed that, that translated to a ten out of ten. Uh-huh. And no, it, it, it's it's not that. Okay. And I was like, you know what, Brennan? How dare you ah. give Winter's Bone like a seven or whatever you gave? Was it a six? I gave it a five. Whatever, man. You give this movie a ten. That's <laughs> insulting to cinema everywhere. Well, okay, whatever. Um, I will say Devin Sawa made really great choices in projects between the years of 1999 and 2000 because he made Idle Hands and Final Destination back to back. And I love both of those movies. And about 1990 and 2000. What? What about from the years 1990 and 2000? I don't know. I don't have his IMDb page open. Wasn't he Casper? Yeah. I'd, I haven't seen Casper recently enough to have an opinion on it. Casper was great. Okay. Just I saw it as a child. Okay. Casper. Sure. 
Um, anyway, I'm going to tell you what we're watching next week, and also we're going to make our guesses for the next Final Destination movie. But first, here's how you can get in contact with the show. You can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod. Find us on Facebook. Ugh, you know what? Just don't even do that. I don't even have Facebook on my phone anymore. Screw Facebook. <laughs> you have like seven unread messages there. Oh, I have so many. I have to use my desktop to go on Facebook, and every time it's like 18 notifications. But every time, it's just reminding me of... You know, it was like, your great aunt went to the dentist today. And I'm like, why is this a notification? I didn't ask you to do this for me. Anyway, <laughs> that was my tight five on Facebook. All right. Um, so... You can email us at scream101podcast. Has gmail. anyone com. ever emailed us? You could be the first. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just wondering. Like, I know we offer that service. And people definitely use, like shouted us on twitter uh-huh. who knew that that one movie we reviewed would have as many takes as it did urban legends bloody mary yeah you did not believe me i didn't i that really it would cause such a furor i had to eat crow that day and it was delicious <laughs> um but yeah um email us you know you guys all have the apps on your phone to shoot an email at us sure okay stop slamming your water bottle it's so loud okay um but yeah find us on bumble find us on <laughs> Um. Yeah. So our theme song is "A Beat for You" by Pseudo Echo, and please find us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review, and give us five stars, like I gave unexpectedly to find a destination. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, next week we're actually scooting back a year. We're going to be watching 1999's Lake Placid to start another yes! marathon. Yes, I'm so excited. This is going to be Sergio's nostalgia five out of five, perhaps. Probably not. I'm going to be like, good God, what was I thinking? <laughs> Probably. And there's going to be like six more of those. Uh-huh. I was really attracted to one of the people in that movie. The alligator? Uh, well, have you seen his, how big he is? You know, <laughs> size does matter. Um, no, not the alligator, you PETA-hating fool. Um, <laughs> okay. This is one character. I'll point him out to you. I'm sure you will. It's going to be insane. Uh, anyway, um, next week we're going to be watching Final Destination 2. Not next week. Ne- whatever. Okay. The next Final Destination movie we have is part two. It came out in 2003, so it had three years to really simmer on it and just consider what they were doing. Um, do you have any guesses as to what's going to happen in this movie? Um, um, question. Sure. Is anyone from the original cast in it, aside from Ellie Larder? Because I know she appears in like all of them, doesn't she? She does not appear in all of them. Oh. Um, but yes, a member of the original cast appears in part two. Who's in part two? I want you to guess. Is it Devin Sawa? I'm not going to tell you. You get to find out when we watch it. Okay, fine. Um, I'm going to make the guess and that everyone survives. Wow, that's that's a pretty solid... Look, I can I can confirm not everyone lives in Final Destination 2. Um, is it the roller coaster one or is that part three? That's part three. Part two, is that the one that... Are they on a train? Are they trying to bring back trains? <laughs> uh, no, they're not John Galting it up. Um, bus? Is it like Speed 2? No, Speed 1 had the bus. Speed 2 had the cruise ship. That's why it was called Cruise Control. <laughs> Are they on a cruise then? No. Um, it's actually... Never mind. Um, great guesses. Uh, until next time. <laughs> Good Go, luck on your journey. Okay, and stay gold, everybody. Bye. <laughs> This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart.